If you have them, if not, there's the Bibles in the pew. And if you have your electronic device, Second uh, Peter, Second Peter, chapter one, verses three through eleven. I'm going to read that in a moment, but I just want you to prepare for the Word of God, Amen. Because the Word of God is living, Amen. Come on, this is alive. The Word of God is alive. And so let's, if you wouldn't mind, as you're turning there, if you have your Bible, you can open it up in your hands. Uh, or if you don't have that, open your hands up. Would you just do this just for the sake of saying, God, I want to receive from you today. Come on, amen. Would you do that? Take Either take your Bible and put it in your hands like this or your electronic device and open it up and or your hands if you don't have a Bible. And if you don't want to, that's fine. But uh, I just want to bless you. Father, your word is living. It's active. It's sharper than two-inch sword. It cuts, but it also brings life. So in Jesus' name, as we look into the word, let the word become alive today. We want to come into your presence and let it change us and help us to grow and know more and to help others around us. So speak to us, Holy Spirit. We humble ourselves. We still our hearts. We put again all worries and all the things that we have to do next week, next month that happened last week. We want to just focus in on you, God, because your word is good. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Would you take your Bibles out and we're going to read. I'm going to try to slow down just a little bit. Uh, I'm going to try to be done here in a little bit, too. But I also want you to receive the word. Second Peter one, three through eleven. You'll see where I'm going with this in in a moment. Second Peter one, three through eleven says this. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Verse four, though, though these he through these he has given us this very great and precious promise so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Verse 5, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. For check this out, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from becoming ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I'll just stop there. Actually, let me go to 11. But... If anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind. He has forgotten that he has been cleansed from the past sins. Verse 10, Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, check this out, if you do these things, you will what? Never fall. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The word of God is powerful. Amen. So, so Peter is saying to believers, he's saying, God has given you everything that you need for life. Say, God has given me everything for life. Okay, did you notice it didn't say the government? It didn't say your job? It didn't say the stock market? It didn't say anything else? Your mom, your dad, your husband, your wife? It didn't say anything. It just said God's divine power has given you everything for life. Come on, amen? And it says, then it says, His power and His abilities helps us to escape the corruption of the world. This world is corrupt. Come on, amen? And it goes on, it says, if, and it says, you're to make every effort. What's make every effort? The word every means what? And what's the word effort mean? Come on, what? Put some sweat into it. Make every effort to add to your life these things, increasing measure. And then it says, if you do these things, you will not what? You will not fall. And it says that you're to make your eager in making your election, your salvation known, and then it will be glorifying Christ. And it says that we will, we will receive a rich welcome into the kingdom of heaven. Because how many of you know this world is temporary? 
Life is short sometimes, right? Come on. And so I want to encourage you today. I want you to hear this out, okay? So in one of our federal documents in the Declaration of Independence, it says, part of it says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that's a, that's a good thing. And unfortunately, sometimes believers believe that that's what the Scripture says, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And those are good things, all right? And some of you know that, that uh, have you ever heard someone quote, and please if don't raise your hand, that was me, I, oh yeah, that's Scripture, I know what's that. Have you ever heard someone say, the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. Don't raise your hand, I don't want to embarrass you. God helps those who help themselves. That's in the book of Hezekiah. Uh, and actually, there's no book of Hezekiah. And that's not in the scripture. Benjamin Franklin was one of the ones that quoted that, that God helps those who help themselves. And so, in this, I love this life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. America, its ethos is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And people are still coming in droves to this country to get an opportunity to have a greater life. And it's a wonderful thing. Come on, amen? We are blessed. Come on, amen? You're blessed. You're blessed to be here, whether you're, whether you're temporary or, or whatever. It's a blessing. And this freedom we have, it's awesome. You have the freedom today to come to church. No one forced you with an AK-47. No one beat you with a stick saying, you better get up. You better come to church today. No, no one walked around while we were reading scriptures and made sure you were doing that. They didn't slap you because you didn't know. You came because you have freedom. Isn't that awesome? Come on, amen. That's awesome. And so what I want to say is this freedom is powerful. And within this American dream, we have this thing called the American dream where I want to I want to be successful and I want to live life to the full. And God says that he helps those who help themselves and and I can have life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. And those things are part of life. But God wants you to live bigger than that. Bigger than that. Really? Yeah, bigger than that. Bigger than that. And so this American dream, it's awesome. It has a good side, but also the American dream has a bad side, doesn't it? Because you see, the American dream is fed by the advertisers and it's fed that the more you have, the better you are. The more popular you are, the more uh, better you are. The more money you have, the better you are. The more, and there's nothing wrong with all that stuff, but the problem is it's just stuff. What if life was about people and not stuff? What if life was about you living out God's purpose and not living out Wall Street's purpose? What if life was more than getting up at 4 a.m. and getting ready to go in the metro or whatever you do to go to work and coming home and then coming home and watching the depressing news and then watching Netflix and then going to sleep? What if there was more to life than that? What if it was quite the opposite that to receive more in life was actually to focus on less? What if that was the possibility? What, what if that was true? You see, last week I talked about bleeding out. Remember, if you were here, you, you, you remember that. If not, you can listen to the podcast. I hope it gets up there eventually. If not, you can go to iTunes and look for Rockville Assembly God and, and most of the messages that we've preached out of this pulpit are there. I talked about bleeding out. The medical, the military, uh, hospitals, they use this term bleeding out where someone's wounded and they just, they're going to die eventually. And so what I talked about was our, our society is bleeding us out because we're focusing on all this stuff. Do this, go there, be a part of that, buy this. And you have all this stuff that's draining your energy. It's draining your life so that all we do is pursue stuff and our life force is being drained out. We're bleeding out spiritually. We're bleeding out physically. We're bleeding out financially. We're bleeding out trying to be like the world. And God says, what if that really wasn't the purpose of life what if i gave you a divine purpose what if i gave you abilities to do great things but in order to have that you have to have less by focusing on your call your purpose what if that was the truth what if less was more think about that 
So if all these possessions, all these technologies, all these things are supposed to make life better, why is life getting harder? Why is there a record amount of depression, suicide, loneliness, violence, an increase in addictions? If, if, if this was better for us, then why is it happening? It's because sometimes we have too much. Too much stimulation, too much stuff to divide us, too many things to distract us. And God is saying, what if you didn't focus on all that, but you focused in on the life that I've given you? And please hear me out. There's nothing wrong with stuff, but I want to talk about that in a few moments. But I want you this morning. What if life was about people and not things? What if life was that you are God's workmanship and that you were created to do great things for God and you are God's masterpiece, a one of a kind. Imagine how much freedom you and I would have if we actually allow God to focus us and cut us. Actually, you and I just cut things out of our lives that just waste our time, that just waste our resources, that just drain us and, and make us empty. And we, we think, well, I'm supposed to live this American life and I have all these options. And what if all these options are actually killing you? Are you ready? Let's talk about this in a moment. I want to talk about this. The first things first is that you are a person of of purpose. You're a masterpiece. Let me read this. Psalm 139, 14. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You are a masterpiece. Say, I am a masterpiece. Created by God. You are not an erector set. You are not a paint by number. How many of you have ever done the paint by number? Some of you really good. I remember growing up, my mom and dad had paint by number. Of course, I was too impatient for that. My brother, oldest brother did pretty good at it. Uh, but you, you didn't just come out of a factory assembly line. God didn't say, Pastor Stan, Pastor Raphael. He didn't do that. He said, every one of you, and as David says here, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the only you. Isn't that awesome? And sometimes we thank God for that. <laughs> For many good reasons, too. But you are a masterpiece. You're not something to be, to be fixed. You're not to, to be like someone else. You're to be who you are. Come on, amen? We are more like a precious fabric that's being woven together. And God is painting His goodness over our lives. Isn't that exciting? Oh, it's great. Okay, great. You're a fresh piece of canvas and God is showing you off to the world. You are a masterpiece. And you've got to believe that. You're not just a junk. You're not a number which the government says you are a number. My number, let me give you my social security number is, I'm not going to give it to you. But my bank, they think I'm number. The school that I'm going to and work in a master, I'm a number. Well, some of the people actually know me there. You're not a number. You're a person. You have purpose. Come on, amen? So on the second part is, you have purpose. Ephesians 2, 10 says this, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's exciting. It's not. Yes, it is. Did you know that your job is not your life? It's part of life, but it's not your life. Has anyone in this room changed jobs before? Anybody? Anybody? Three of you? Have any of you changed careers? Anybody? Anybody changed majors in colleges? Okay, remember, I mean, some, some of you are in college that you changed your major three But you see, those things didn't define who you are. They're just part of life. 
Come on, amen? And so what God is saying is, I've created you for good works from the beginning. And you don't exist just to live for yourself. You don't exist just to get by. You don't exist just to make money. There's nothing wrong with that. But you exist, listen, to help others know God. At your work, you're a missionary. At your school, you're a missionary. In the sports fields, you're a missionary. In the labs, you're a missionary. Uh, Out of the streets, you're a missionary. You're to be a light for God. Amen? We need to stop letting society define who we are, define our purpose, and tell us, well, you're going to be this. So this is, that's socialism anyway. That's never God's plan. And yes, you might be a doctor, a lawyer, an artist, a cook. You might be a caretaker. I don't know what you're called to do, but don't let society say, oh, you only have these skills. God never said that you only have these skills. God says, I will give you life and purpose, and you might have skills, but I can do anything through your life if you surrender to me and allow me to work through your life. Isn't that exciting? It is exciting. You see, this world is not the sum total of our existence. We will live forever in eternity. We've got to live that. We've got to stop thinking that everything in this world is all that we have. It's not all that we have. We have eternity as well. This is the pregame show for the show of eternity. We will live forever with God in His heaven if we're believers. So the question for us in this less is more concept is, how have we lived our lives so far? Are we living our lives because culture says we have to live this way? Or are we saying, God, I want to follow you for what you have for me? You see, every one of us are going to give account to God for our lives. You're, you're going to say, well, God, he's never going to ask you whether you cheered for the Denver Broncos or not. He's not going to ask you for the stats of the Washington Wizards. He's not going to ask you if you knew all the computations and every algorithm that might be helpful right now. He's not going to ask you how much money you earn. He's not going to ask you where you live. He's not going to ask you what kind of clothes you have. He's not going to ask you about your multiple degrees. He's going to ask you, did you live your life according to my purpose? And all those things could help you live out that purpose, but that wasn't the purpose of life. Come on, amen? Are you with me this morning? Come on, this is good stuff. In fact, I've got to read this to you. It says, what have you built your life and faith on so far? Are, are you believing what the world says? You remember, sadly, it's September 11th, 20, 2001. Our, our economy was shaken. Our way of life was shaken. Uh, and it, some of, for some of us, it made us come back to the core. What is the purpose of life? What are you building your life on? Let me read this to you out of 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 15. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will also receive his reward. He will receive his reward. It is, if it's burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. And then, of course, Romans fourteen twelve. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. And so my question is, what are you building upon the foundation of Jesus Christ has put in your life? Is it all the world says, or is it what God wants? So let's now move on, okay? I just wanted to give you, you have purpose. You're, you're a man or a woman of purpose. Say, I have purpose. And it's not defined by this world. Come on, amen? You doing good? All right, so I want to talk about this. Number two is everything you need. Second Peter 1, 3-4, His divine power has given, this is awesome, I love this, 
has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. God has called you. You are special. You are anointed. You are God's servant. Isn't that exciting? Through these, He's given us His very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. God gives you divine power. I don't want to beat this down too much, but God wants you to not just get by. He doesn't want you just to survive. And and there are seasons in our lives we're just surviving, but God never intended that for the followers. To survive, you are to thrive in time. Come on, amen? He gives you His divine purpose to live out less is more. Isn't this exciting? Sure it is, Pastor. I'm, I'm just, I just tuned you out because I'm going to worry about whatever today. Don't worry about that. Let's focus in. The second part again is you can live above this corrupted world. This world is not your home. The desires of this world are going to pass away. Come on, amen? Everything in this world is, is, is temporary. It's, it's corrupt. And if we're not careful, we can become tainted by the values and the thinking of this world. Take, for example, I talked about this last week, the culture of blame and, and complaining. I don't, I, I'm struggling. My wife and I talked about it. I said, I, said, I don't want to complain all the time. I, make, I can complain about everything. Traffic, the government. I can complain about everything, but I'm tired of complaining, but it doesn't do anything good for my life. It might be good for your life, but it's, let me tell you, complaining is not the fruit of the Spirit. Come on, amen? Blame does nothing. We live in a culture of blame. It's, it's them, it's this, it's that, it's that person, it's that. You need to take responsibility for your life and take account that God has given you divine power to live out a full purpose of life. Come on, amen? God gives us the ability to rise above this junk through His power. Are you ready to get control of your life? Are you ready to rise above the lies of the world. Are you ready to be the man and woman of God that God has called you to be? Pastor, I, I hear you saying this once because you know what my call is? My call in life is to help you to live out your God purpose. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to preach the Word of God and to help you find your divine purpose and live it out. You have purpose. Come on, amen? You have great purpose. And you are a, a man or woman of God. You're special. You're powerful. You're a treasure. And I want you to live it out. And everything that we need is not in the world, but everything that you need is in God. Come on, amen? amen. So the second question then, is everything essential? Is everything essential? I need to get something from the back here, so I hope you don't mind. Pastor, Robert, were there any leftovers? Awesome. So think about it. Is everything in life essential? Is everything that the world says that you need, is it essential? Is everything that, the, that your company says, is it essential? How are you guys doing? I, just, I need this card just in case because I, I want to go through life. I don't want to miss anything. And if, if, if the world says I need something, I'm going to need this card to, to, to make life happen, right? Come on, amen? Isn't that right? I mean, it, according to what the world says, everything in the world is essential. In fact, I got my backpack with essential stuff, so I filled it up this morning, and uh, one of my essential items I put in here is, because, you know, I, I kind of like this, this sport right here, uh, is this little, this, this, is, this is a real man's football. Not that little round sissy ball. No, I'm just kidding. You guys would kill me in that sport. And both my girls excelled at that sport. Uh, but, but I love, well, I, I like this sport, so that's essential to me. I'm going to have that. 
And of course, I, I love helping lead people. So I have like a leadership DVD and some books in there. Pastor, I really, is that really in there? Okay. And then, of course, I have some magazines because, you know, I'm always reading anywhere like books and all that. But there's some magazines in here. And I just, it's essential because the world says I need people magazine. It says I, I need that. So it's essential in life. Come on. Amen. I got to have that stuff. And so, oh, this is going to, so I'm going to live my life because everything's, in fact, I need these books. I don't know why, but since they're left over and no one's going to take them, I'm going to use them. Isn't that awesome? Because that's what American life's about, right? Get everything you can, right? Everything's essential, right? Come on. So I'm going I'm to live this life. It's going to be hard for me to get this up the steps. So I'm going to leave right here. Don't touch that, Raphael. This is my stuff. This is my cart, my backpack. Because it's essential for life. Isn't this exciting? But see, here's what Hebrews 12 says. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Check this out. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for joy uh, set before him, uh, endured the cross, scorning the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. So... The question I have for us is, who prioritizes your life? Who is in charge of your life? Who tells you what you need? Do you have a backpack full of the essentials because the world says you need it? And Pastor Rocket was just going to help me. I know he wanted to help me, but do we walk through life thinking, oh, you know what, I, I need a box of tissues. That's pretty cool. Oh, two tissues, by the way. I really, you know, you never know. Oh, there, oh there's some more of these little things for the... Kids, I'll, I could probably use those too. I got another shelf for that. So we go through life and the world says, you need this, you need... So what do we do? We, we go through life. We got a backpack full of essentials. We got a card because, you know, you, you never know what you're going to need, right? Come on, are you following me? This is essential. It's essential for life because the world says it's essential and I need it. So I'm going to go through life. Oh, I got an extra water bottle. I might need that because I slobber and I... You, you know I like to preach and get a little loud and talk. Sometimes a little too fast, so I apologize. Who prioritizes your life? Who tells you what you need in life? Who do you listen to? Did anybody watch the Summer Olympics this summer? How many of you know what the Summer Olympics are? Okay, so I love summer and winter. I just love watching it. And yeah, we had sabbatical. I had a little extra time besides homework and family time and praying and had my cart with me, my backpack. And so uh, there, we all know who the fastest man on the earth is, right? Who is he? Usain Bolt. Was it exciting or not? Some of you hate it. I love watching Usain Bolt. He is a masterpiece created by God. This man can... And there were some ladies that could run fast too. And in fact, I love the women's relay team. Uh, I love, I love you, and the Americans won. Uh, no offense if you're from another country. Yes. Um, uh, but I loved Usain Bolt. But did you see Usain Bolt in his races? Did you see him with a backpack on? Did you see him with his cart? Can you imagine him getting down, trying to do his race, and go? What would happen in his race? What? He would what? So Hebrews 12, 1, it says, Run the race set before you. It says to do what? Throw off everything that hinders you, the world. But no, the world said, Pastor, the world, I need this. It's essential. I might have snacks in there. I got this card full of things and I need it. I need it. Do you really need it? 
You see, Usain Bolt, he won his races because he prioritized his life. I mean, this guy, he trains, he runs, he eats special, he sleeps. And here's the thing about Usain Bolt is he didn't try to run every race. He didn't try to go throw the javelin or the discus. He didn't try to outswim Michael Phelps because he would have gotten beat by Michael Phelps. Okay, because he's a runner. He didn't try to outrace Kate Ledecky because he still would have got beat by Katie Ledecky, right? Come on. He didn't try to play field hockey. He didn't try to do mountain And the world says, you got to do all this stuff to be well-run. You're going to miss out on life. you got to do all this stuff. And what I'm saying is what the world says essential is, rent, is running you ragged. And you're prioritizing your life for the wrong things. Can I just say that nicely? Because you've bought into this world, get all that you can, the American dream. This is the, this is the land of opportunity. But did you know that every opportunity is not from God? Maybe the way of living is less. You see, because if you don't prioritize your life, and I love this quote by Greg McKeown, I read it in a book last month, if you don't prioritize your life, if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. They'll tell you what's important. They'll tell you what to, you need to wear. They'll tell you how to wear your They'll tell you what kind of car you need to drive. They'll tell you where you need to work. Who really is prioritizing your life? Is it God? Is it the culture? Is it you? Is it money? Is it politics? You see, we have too many choices. That's letter B. We have too many choices. Did you know that sometimes too many choices can actually prevent you from having more? You know how, you know, in, in, I don't think they still do it, but, but in parts of, of Asia, Southeast Asia, you know how they used to catch monkeys? Anybody know? Anybody know what a monkey is? Okay, so so what would they do is they would take these um, gourds or they would take uh, dried out coconuts and they'd put a hole just enough for that a monkey could get its hand in the hole. This in in India as well. As it used to. I don't know if they do it now. And not that I'm advocating catching monkeys, but you know sometimes monkeys can be a pest, right? And they can rob and steal and, and all. And so they would catch these monkeys. They would put enough rice in the in that little gourd or that that uh, 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 pineapple or excuse pineapple that doesn't work pineapple uh, coconut. And they would put enough in that, that the monkey would reach in there because he knew what was in there. He would reach his hand in there. He would grab that rice and then that pineapple or that gourd was tied to something. And that monkey would hold on to that rice. He would not let go of that rice. And guess what? He was trapped because he needed that rice. He needed that rice and maybe he did. Right? And so the world says to us, all these choices. Look at all these things. And you, you can look at all these things. Again, imagine if Usain Bolt tried to run every race in the Olympics. Number one, it would not be physically possible. But secondly, he probably maybe only would have won, maybe would have placed in one race. Are you following me? Think about our society today. We have too many Choices. In fact, there, there's a, a term that says we have decision fatigue now. And basically, I don't want to give you the scientific, but basically, decision fatigue is because we've made so many choices, we have too many options, that when we have to make options, we're so tired, we don't make the right decisions. And you see, that when the world says, you've got to drive this car, you've got to have this and that, and so you try to go through life and you try to get all this... Oh, cool, there's some other stuff here too. I didn't see that. I, could, I like to read books anyway. 
And so, so we go through life and we just keep, well, oh, that's a cool option. What's over here? Hymnals? Oh, yeah, I like hymnals, so I'm going to borrow one for now. I'm going to borrow it. Okay, so we go through life saying, I need this stuff. I need it. I need it. And so then when something really needs to happen, hey, we need your help over there. I'm, I'll be there in a minute. I've got to turn my cart around. It's kind of, kind of hard to, oh, my stuff. Hold on, I'll be right there. There's an emergency. I'm coming, I'm coming. But I need this stuff because it's important, right? Got to have this stuff. Oh, sorry. My water. Oh, I missed it? I missed out? I'm glad I got my stuff. My stuff's important. A little messed up there. I got to organize it. Because the world says, uh, I got all these options. I don't want to miss out. Because I have to have these options. The more choices we have, the less likely we're going to live life to the full. If we think we have to pursue every choice. In fact, can I give you some premarital counseling, anybody? Men, women that want to get married someday? You, you want to know how to get the right mate? And please forgive me if you're from another country and it's picked out for you already. And that's good too because maybe they pray. You, you want to know the, the best way to find a mate? Get on your knees. Jesus, help me to find the right man or the right woman. Don't fall into this, well, I've got to try all these dating sites. I've got to go to all these places. I've got to meet all these people because I've got to keep my options open. When you find that one that is of God and like you're floating off the, you know, like, you know, oh, they're awesome. And you're like floating every time you think about them. But, but the other options, I've got to keep my options open. But what if that's the person God wants you to marry? You've got to cut off your other options. Little free advice. If you want to marry that person, they're from God. You need to cut off all your options, sever those ties. I remember some of you think I'm crazy. I mean, when I when I finally opened my eyes, realized that Olivia was the one for me. I had to go through my stuff. Oh, there was a letter from someone. I didn't know that. Picture of someone else. Ooh, threw all, I threw all that stuff away. So that's harmless. No, it wasn't harmless because after I got married, it was very weird. And I'm, I'm not thinking I'm all that, but I had people that I dated started calling me. We've been married for a few years. Like, what? I'm just calling to see how you're doing. Why are you calling me? I wasn't being mean. I said, God bless you. Things go. Where's your husband? Well, he's out hunting. Hmm, he's out hunting, but you're calling me. God bless you. Hope everything goes well. I hope things, but please don't call me just the blue. I, I mean, I have my life. Now, again, some, some of you went to college people and they're friends and all that. But when you have this option from God, you need to stop chasing the other options. You're divided. You see where I'm going with this? I'll get off my own pass. That's personal. I mean, really, how many potato chip flavors do we need? I mean, I was, every day there's a new potato chip. Sriracha, honey, milk. I was like, that's nasty. Sriracha, great. Honey on a potato chip? No. Milk? No. I mean, so real, I mean, if you just have plain chips... Uh, my, one of my favorites used to be sour cream and onion. I don't like that as much anymore. And, but my newest favorite is jalapeno chips. So, gloria a Dios. Gracias, Señor. Por, anyway, papas fritas, uh, jalapeno. Mm, 
Oleados. So, so, but I mean, so there's, what happens is there's all these choices. And so we go through life and we are weighed down, we're bogged down because we are being prioritized by the world around us. If you look at every option in your life, you're going to become paralyzed and you're not going to be able to live out your life calling. Amen? Let me move on. So the third, the next part is this, too much social pressure. We have fallen, all of us have fallen to peer pressure, all of us have, have, have regretted some of that. And sometimes peers encourage us to do the right things, but not always. You see, we, we are bullied in this world into accepting things we know that are, are not right or they're not good because our culture says it is and it says we're intolerant. Can I encourage you? Don't do that. Stand for what is right. Stand for what God's called you to do. Stick to what God has called you to do. Come on, amen? Even though they call you intolerant or you're not cool, you need to stop worrying about being cool. Some of you younger people realize you, cool is not cool. I gave up on that a long time ago out of high school. I was like, I don't care about being cool. I, care, I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to live life to the full. And now, of course, with hyper-connectedness through social pressure and, and media, it's a, you, it's, it, the pressure's increased. We have to like everyone. And if you don't like someone's post, you're a bad person. It's like, I just don't have time to be on every social media because I've got a life. I, I, did you see my post? I didn't. Because I was busy <laughs> with life. Come on, amen? Sometimes doing the right thing or your God thing is not popular. Can you imagine, so Usain Bolt trained hard, Katie Ledecky trained hard. Can you imagine that because if there was all this pressure because you don't like us, Usain, you don't like us, Katie, because you don't like us, you would let us win sometimes. Can you imagine if Usain Bolt or Katie Ledecky or any other Olympic winner would have said, you know what, you're right, social pressure. Because in this world, no one's supposed to lose, right? Can you imagine after, after, after all the Olympics, no one won gold medals, everyone got a participatory ribbon? What would happen to the Olympics? People would stop watching. People would stop competing. And I'm not trying to be mean to you, but life is not about everybody having the same thing, everybody being fair. That's not biblical. God says, if you don't work, you don't eat. Now, there are those who, who need help and they need encouragement and, and you should help those people, but you should not enable people to live a lazy lifestyle. And because they don't want to work, can you imagine then if, if, if Katie Dex, you know what, I'm going to back off today so someone else can win. That would be crazy, right? And so then the world tells you, back off, don't do what you're called to do, don't do that because you're going to fail someone or you're, you're taking from someone the opportunity to, to be, and you, you know what? God has a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of resources out there. Come on, amen. Are you following me? Run your race that has been set before you. Come on, amen. Can you imagine Pastor Stan, 51-year-old Pastor Stan, trying to race against Usain Bolt? That would be a joke. I would just be getting set up on the blocks and then as soon as the, whistle, the, the gun, I would still be trying to get up and those guys are already 50 yards down the, the, the course. You see, you can't run everyone's race. Even though our society says, you've got, you got to be like them. No, you need to be what God has called you to be. Come on, amen? Be who God's called you to be. Live that life out. Too much social pressure. Then there's the myth of D. You can have it all. Can I help you? Can I, can I help you with this? Are, are you ready for truth? Are you ready? 
you can't have it all. Because you can't handle it all. You are not wired to have it all. You are not wired. And, and I thank God that I, yes, I, I mean, growing up as a kid, and we tell our kids a little bit, you can be whatever you can, you can do all things through Christ Jesus that God has called you to do. Just be glad I'm not your dentist. Just be glad I'm not your neurosurgeon or your cardiologist because I, I don't know what to do if, you, if something like that happened. Just be, I'll stop that. Just be glad I'm your pastor. Somebody's like, I'm wondering about that. Well, I'm glad I am. I'm honored to be the pastor of this great church. You see, this myth of you can have it all has been around since Satan deceived Adam and Eve to take the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You will be like God. You can have it all. That lie is being perpetuated still in our culture today. This deceptive myth hurts many people. In fact, it's perplexed. This, this myth is, is perplexed and perpetuated by advertising, by our selfishness, and of course it's fueled by Satan. Today we try to cram more events or things into our lives because the world says we should and it's really good for us. You, you need to be well balanced. You need to be what God's called you to do. Come on, amen? You see, it, 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 it creates this 24-7, 365 culture which is wearing people out. Some of you, you're like bloodshot eyes today because you're like, you were up doing all this stuff all night. You did stuff all day yesterday and then on, today you come to church and, and you didn't even hear a word I just said because you're so tired. Because you're up keeping up with everything on the, on the internet and you're all that stuff. And that stuff's cool, but don't let it run your life. Our busy, you can have it all, Myth is taking us further into debt, deeper into depression. It's robbing our time. It's robbing our joy. So let me get real. Get real. You can't have it all. Even if you did, it would ruin you. How did it work out for Solomon? Remember him, Solomon, in the Bible? He had it all. He was bigger than Kanye West. He was bigger than Bill Gates. He was smarter than Stephen Hawking. He, he had it all, but look what happened to him. I mean, he had babes, he had bucks, he had blingage, all that stuff that you guys, I mean, I know it's dated now. But look what it says in 1 Kings 11.4. Here's what happened. Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David, his father, had been. And another verse down below that, it says that, he did evil in the sight of the Lord because he believed he could have it all. And that all ruined his life. So, so let me move on because I want to be done and I want to pray in a moment. Is Number four is exercising the essential mindset. I'm gonna, in fact, I'm going to use this extra water that I have on this card. See, aren't you glad I have the essentials here? See, Pastor, you just proved that I need that card. Do, but do you really need it? In fact, I'm going to take this backpack off in a minute because it's getting hot. It's not essential. I just wanted to use it today. As an example, okay? Second Peter 1, 10, 11. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall and you will receive a rich welcome in the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So the first thing is, is, is finding what's essential is this. Here it is. Exercising the essentialist mindset. Number one is explore and evaluate. Explore to the, how is the burden? 
Come on, think about this. How is the burden of having it all or having more, how is that freeing you to be all that God has called you to be? Does anybody know that the owners of Hobby Lobby, the Green family, I know people hate them in the world and, and, and you've got to be careful of the social media, they are probably one of the, the most generous families in the world. I've had the opportunity at, at a conference hearing from the owner, a Green, I can't remember his first name right now, Mr. Green, I'll call him, uh, uh, Brother Green, because he's a believer. And he, he said that his family, they have, they have set their salaries so they don't just keep increasing their salaries like sometimes these people do, getting more and getting more and keeping more, and living these exorbitant lifestyles. And they live a comfortable life. But every year, they, instead of taking more and more from their company and, and the, the assets, they take the money and they put it into a pool and they, and they pray over things that they want to help. They help, they help colleges, they or they tell all these they, they give millions of dollars away every year. You see, the world says, take all that you can, can all that you get, and spoil the rest. And God's people say, you know what, God's blessed me, but I'm going to take it, and then we're going to give it away. And you see, the Green family says, you know what, we don't need everything. How many homes do you need? How many cars do you need? I mean, how many vacations do I need? I mean, yes, everyone needs vacations. It's nice to have a house. It's nice to have a car. That's great. But five cars, ten cars, ten houses, a personal jet, maybe you need a personal jet. I don't know. But instead of asking in this explore and evaluate, instead of, instead of asking, the world says, how can I get more? Ask this. Will this stuff help me Fulfill my life calling. Well, Pastor Dan, I was a Boy Scout. I know you were a Boy Scout one time. And, and it says, be prepared. Be prepared. And, and you should be prepared. But the world says, be prepared by having more and more and more and more. Because you never know when the economy is going to crash. Because let me tell you, if the economy crashes, all your money is going to go like that anyway. Because it's paper. Now it's electronic. Scary, isn't it? That's why your faith should be in God. Not gold. Come on, amen. I got gold, Pastor. I got gold. I got a bunker. I got machine guns. We're coming to your house. You're not. You're not. Well, I thought you loved Jesus. I thought you shared. Come on, amen. Are all these activities, ask yourself, are, are all the things that I'm running my life ragged for, is it helping me become what God has called me to become? Are all the activities keeping you Godly, or are they pulling you away from God? Are all these things that the world says you need to add to your activity, is it causing you stress or is it bringing you life? See, an essentialist evaluates whether they explore and they say, you know what, I don't need that. I don't have time for that. I can't. In fact, I mean, all of you get, I get, I get emails every week, I get phone calls, I get invitations to Pastor Shane, can you be a part of it? I said, I can't. I can't add another night to my busy week already, just like you. Can you come to this meeting? I, I, I'm sorry, I can't. And please don't, please don't get me wrong. Hear me out, okay? Is I've even stopped allowing people off the street and phone calls, I need counseling, to see me all the time because a lot of times it robs me from praying and, work and helping you. I do sometimes, but I've, I've found that, in fact, every Friday when I'm trying to write my sermon, that all of a sudden, out of the blue, someone needs help. That's why we have Pastor Raphael here. And it's not you. It's, it's people from outside and, and they come knocking on the door. It's just amazing. I'm having people, I'm like, I'm studying, I'm trying to talk, type the sermon and all of a sudden I need help. When? Right now. And I, I, don't get I pray with them, I try, but I try not to 
Well, Pat, that's mean. Well, I do pray. God help me. Do I minister to them or do I study? And I found that if I don't prioritize what I'm called to do, all these opportunities, all these things will come in and rob me of time. Rob me of studying the Word. Rob me of helping you become who God's called you to be. Be real. There are things in your life that are actually keeping you from fulfilling your life calling. And let me give you some permission. It's okay to say no to some things. It's okay. It's okay to say no. Eliminate. Oh, don't we love this? Eliminate. I don't know about you. I mean, the Nelson home, my wife, we, because we're military kids, brats, excuse me, we, we moved a lot. And so you had to just, you had to, you had to purge and move, purge and move. And so you can't constantly, because it gets expensive and time consuming to bring all your junk around. So we just, my wife and I, she's really good at it. We just purge every so many months. We like, we gotta, we gotta go through the closet. There's like stuff we haven't worn for years. I mean, ladies, the, that dress you wore when you're 16 and you're 40 now, Men, those shorts that you wore when you were 18, they're way out of style anyway, and they're way too small now, by the way. Really? Are you going to really wear those tennis shoes you had to have back when you were 15 and now you're 45? They're, they, they, they were never in style then, and they will probably never be in style. Do you really need that? That game system from night, that Sega Genesis? Maybe you can make some money out of that, you know. You see... Whenever we go through, we make piles and we, get, we deliver it at Salvation Army or Goodwill, I have this feeling of liberation. It's like, oh good, more room for more stuff. No, it's like, wow, now there's room in our house. Now I'm not, because you, did you know the more stuff you have, the more burdened you are? Really? Nothing wrong with stuff. I know some people that are, they have stuff, but they give too. And please don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with stuff, but just don't let the stuff own your life. Can you imagine again, an Olympic runner, a distance runner now. So I'm going to run a marathon, but I need all this stuff to run the marathon and trying to run a marathon. Anyone run a marathon here? Anybody run a long race? Anybody know what a race is? A long race. Anybody ever see it on TV? I've got to get you somewhere. Can you imagine a marathon runner running the, the Boston Marathon? They might be strong for a mile or two, but when they're running with all the essentials of life, they're going to get left behind. And you see, we go through life thinking, I need all this stuff, it's essential, and you go through the, the, the race of life, you go through your course of life, and you run with all this stuff, and the world or God's people or things have left you behind because you are so caught up with this stuff. You see, less stuff means less stress and less maintaining. Before you add another activity into your life, ask yourself this, will this help me fulfill my life calling? Before you go out and buy that latest thing that you saw on Amazon, because you got Prime and free shipping, you need it, right? It's free, or if I buy one, I get another free. How I many really do you need another one of those? Well, this one might break. Then in time, buy another one. Or take that back, say, this is junk, give me a new one. Right? Come on, Amen. Before you add another activity or more stuff in your life, will this help me fulfill my life calling? Luke 12, 15, Jesus says, speaking, I'm going to get down to the end. I really am. I'm almost at the end. Speaking to the, the people, and this is in the message, he went on, take care, protect yourselves against the least bit of greed. 
Life, listen to what Jesus said, life is not defined by what you have or even when you have a lot. Did you see that? Our world says your life is who you are, what you wear and all that. And that's cool and all that, but that's not what life is defined at. In fact, Timothy, Paul says to Timothy in uh, chapter 6, I've got to read this to you because you've got to hear this because you don't hear this a lot. But you need to hear this because this is essential. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People, please don't don't get me wrong, if you're rich, God bless you, but people who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. Listen to this now. This is one of the other misquoted scriptures all the time. For the love of money, not money, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Verse 12, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of eternal life for which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Oh, I wish I had time to tell you. I have met many people and there have been people that have come to this church. They came eager and they came hungry to, to get a job. And, and then as their job got successful, they started getting more success. Now I don't see them anymore. Because that has become their love. I've told you many times, and I, I, I'm not going to share it, but I'm going to share it to you again. I told you about my mom and their family when they left. It was all one Korea during the Korean War. And when the communists were coming in and, and, and they, they were leaving their village because the, the Chinese communists and the Russian communists were taking over part of North Korea. And they were heading down. And, and my mom lived in an affluent family. Her dad was the mayor of their village. Uh, and unfortunately, he died when he was young, but they, they lived a nice lifestyle. And... My mom, her sister, and her brother, and the rest of people from the village were heading down, and they were leaving the village, and they were heading down, getting, escaping from communism, and their mom was so worried about her house, she went back to the house. I've told you this, and they never saw her again. I pray that that's not you, that you're so worried about the stuff of the world that you miss out on what's really important, that's people. That's life. I mean, it's, I thank God every day when I pull into my garage and I can hit the remote and shut the garage door. Thank God, really, with air conditioner. Praise God, right? If you don't have air conditioner, Lord, in Jesus' name, provide it for those who need it. But that's not my life. That's just part of life. Come on, amen? Free yourself by eliminating stuff that does not help you fulfill God's purpose. Free yourself by eliminating stuff that, that keeps you from... Your life, your energy, and the last thing is execute. Now, I'm not saying bad execution, but I mean execute. You can have a dream. You can have a purpose. You can even make a list of things, and you can stack all that stuff that needs to go, but until you actually take it and dump it, you actually follow through with your life plans, you will remain stuck. Because you are responsible for your life. You say, I am responsible for my life. The government's not responsible. Pastor Stan's not responsible. Your mom and dad one day are not going to be responsible. Your spouse will help you, but if you get married, you are responsible for your life. You will have more in life. Listen, I'm just challenging you. You will have more in life by eliminating unnecessary stuff. And I'm not saying you can't have stuff. I'm just saying don't let the stuff own you. 
I think about my grandmother who I never met because she was so concerned about the house that they had that I never got to meet her. Think about that. You're so concerned about stuff. Stuff is temporary. People are eternal. Imagine if you and I tapped into God's divine purpose. Worship team, would you come to the front? I'm going to move my stuff. So if we, we, we do have a time of prayer, I would like you to come to the front if that's the case. You need to make a choice today. God's life, His purpose, and, and divine joy and peace and provision, or am I going to keep buying a lie that I need this cart, I need this backpack of essentials, I need to go through life having all this stuff. Here's what Second Peter 1, 10-11, Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior. Would you stand with me this, this morning? Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that the Word is still living and active. And Lord, you're not mad at us for having stuff. There's nothing wrong with making money, nothing wrong with retirement, nothing wrong with a car or food, or nothing wrong with any of that stuff. Nothing wrong with enjoying even pleasures, things. But the issue is when that stuff owns us. The issue is when we chase after that. And like Solomon, he had it all, but it ruined him. Would you deliver us from that mentality? We can't have it all, because it will ruin us. But we can have some stuff and we can be really happy and content. In fact, I think back of the rose bush, Lord. I talked about that last week. That in order for the rose bush to have many beautiful, big, thick roses, the gardener has to prune off all the little shoots that are robbing it. And there are people in this room that they are, they're being robbed of life resources because they're trying to add another payment. They want to, do, they want to add one more activity. They want to add just another thing. And it's killing them, Lord. And Lord, you've not called us to be worn out and bleeding out in that sense. You've called us to be fruitful. You've called us to be successful. And for us to be successful is is realize we can't do everything. We can't have everything. We don't need what the world says we need. We need you. It says that your divine power has given us everything we need to be successful in life. And you are the reason for life, God. So in Jesus' name, would you help us this morning to realize that you're the most important Jesus, you gave your life so we could have life. This world has nothing for us. Nothing. It's all temporary. But you have everything. It's eternal. So Lord, help us to receive more by seeking less. Less of the world. Less of time things. Less of stuff that consumes us. And more of you, which will help us. Friends, this morning, I want to give you an opportunity because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the And I need you, if you could just close your eyes and bow your heads just for a moment. Close your eyes, bow your heads, just for the privacy of those around you. I mention this, Jesus, because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father except through me. John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And see, I want you to know Jesus. I want you to have eternal life. Because this world is temporary. So with your eyes closed, heads bowed, you say, Pastor Stan, I'm ready to accept Jesus as my Savior. I need to make Him the Lord of my life. And the Spirit's been speaking to you, and you're ready to do that. The, would you, with your eyes closed, heads bowed, just say, raise your hand and say, Pastor Stan, I want to accept Christ as my Savior. I've never done it. I want to accept Him. All right, I trust that you've done it. I just saw no hands. So here's what I want to do now. 
I'm going to pray and I want to open up the altars that if you want to come down and you, you need to say, God, I need help. God, I, I want to focus on what's important. I need to say, God, I need to have self-control to say no to things that are holding me back. God, I, I want to say, I want to come to front and say, God, I need your help to grasp the divine nature so I can escape the corruption of the world. God, I want to redeem the time that was wasted chasing after the you-can-have-it-all myth. Or God, I want, to, I want to come because I need your help prioritizing my life. I want to get my life back. Or God, I need to know that because you've made me the masterpiece, you've created something good for me and I want to know what it is. I want to come 